evening and welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. What an opening weekend to all three divisions as we saw plenty of action and more importantly, plenty of goals from the Championship, League One and League Two. There isn't, there isn't really a better way to kick off what has been a very exciting 23-24 campaign and if we uh, see the same level of excitement every single match week, I am going to be very tired come season's end. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews that you come to expect every single week here from the EFL Review as we take a look at all the action over the next hour. So we'll get straight into it and we will kick off as we usually do with the championship and the championship was spread over three different days this weekend and we started the whole event was kicked off at Hillsborough on Friday the 4th of August where it finished Sheffield Wednesday 1, Southampton 2. Relegated Southampton made the perfect staff to life back in the English Football League thanks to substitute Che Adams' late winner at promoted Sheffield Wednesday. The visitors took an early lead when Nathan Teller cut in from the right and unleashed a fine left-footed shot from the edge of the area. That took the smallest of flicks off the back of teammate Adam Armstrong's head on its way past Owls goalkeeper Cameron Dawson. The home side, who had been utterly outplayed in the first half, levelled after the break when Lee Gregory smashed home after a corner was headed back across goal. It looked set to fizzle out to a draw before Saints skipper James Ward-Prowse made his first league appearance below the top flight, cut the ball back for Scotland striker Adams to convert from close range and give Russell Martin a win in his first league game in charge. On to Saturday now and we will start with Blackburn Rovers 2, Wasp Bromwich Albion 1. Harry Leonard and Dylan McCandy scored on their first league starts to give Blackburn victory against West Brom. The opening day of the championship season was a miserable one for, however, for Baggies manager Carlos Corberon, who was sent off for two yellow cards as his team's second-half fight back was not quite enough. Teenage striker Leonard and 21-year-old McCandy scored within two minutes of each other in the first half for an excellent start to their season, as Blackburn looked to build on last season where they just missed out on the playoffs. Matt Phillips pulled one back for the visitors in a much brighter performance after the break, but the West Midlands side could not find the equaliser. The opening round of championship games had pitted two sides who were seemingly heading in different directions at the end of last season against each other. Blackburn slipped out of the playoff places with a dismal finish to that campaign, while the Baggies had shown promotion form after Corbron had taken the reins, as they sat in the relegation places and only finished three points behind their opponents. Back to probably the two teams that we expect more than anything to pick up a draw. Bristol City won, Preston North End won. Summer signing Will Keane's 86th minute strike earned Preston North End a share of the points at Bristol City in their opening game of the championship season. Forward Will Keane, who joined Preston in July after leaving Wigan Athletic, marked his second spell at the club he played for on loan in 2015 by turning to fire in their equaliser with four minutes remaining. Sam Bell's close-range 47th-minute opener had put the Robins on course for victory after an uneventful first half between two sides lacking early cohesion. Highly rated 21-year-old Bell atoned for missing the best chance of the opening period by pouncing to stab in the rebound after Nagy Wells' shot against the post in the 47th minute. Bell should have scored when Wells found him unmarked at the far post with a cross from the right, only to see goalkeeper Freddie Woodman rescue the visitors by blocking his shot at full stretch. England under-20 midfielder Alex Scott, who's been subject to several transfer bids and is valued at £25 million by Robins manager Nigel Pearson, did not feature because of injury. City captain Andreas Weiman hobbled off injured early as both sides struggled to make openings, although North End newcomer Mads Fjorkia Jensen tested Max O'Leary in the second City goal and Brad Potts shot over the target from long range. Preston enjoyed more possession and had 11 shots at goal to Bristol City's five, with Zach Viner thwarting Keane and Potts spurning further chances during the second half as the away sides wait for a first win since the 10th of April went on. Keane Best, 17, made his de debut after coming through the youth ranks at Preston and have not won their opening league match in five seasons. The result means Bristol have not won on the opening day for four seasons either, but they did extend their dominant run in the fixture to one defeat in ten. Middlesbrough nil, Millwall won. 
Millwall opened their championship campaign with victory at Middlesbrough, thanks to Roman Essay's first goal for the Lions. The 18-year-old broke the deadlock in the 79th minute when fellow substitute Idemu Imakwu crossed from the left and Essay curled a fine first-hand finish into the top corner. The Lions were a constant threat on the counter-attack against a Borough side who were beaten playoff semi-finalists last season, with Zion Fleming and debutant Kevin Nisbet going close for the visitors. Sammy Silvera sent a fierce effort over the bar as the host sought an equaliser, while Dale Fry also failed to connect with a cross from his Australian teammate. The Teesiders had seen a Hayden Hackney goal ruled out six minutes before the break after the ball ran out over the byline before Matt Crooks was able to pull it back. Norwich City 2, Hull City 1. Substitute Adam Ida scored a 96th minute winner as Norwich came from behind to break Hull's stubborn resistance and earned a deserved victory at Carrow Road. Ida toe-poked the ball in 10 minutes after coming on following a goal-mouth scramble as the mounting home pressure finally told. Liam Delap's debut strike gave the Tigers the lead against the run of play as they chased a first away victory in 11. But the excellent Jonathan Rowe's first senior goal levelled scores deep into first half stoppage time and ensured Norwich would avoid a sixth game in a row without a goal at home. Cruel as it was on the Tigers, Ida's strike was richly rewarded for a stylish attacking performance which saw David Wagner's side create 28 opportunities. While Wagner and counterpart Liam Rosinia had similar storylines coming into their full first full seasons in the job, they have contrasting experiences on the touchline, of course. Now, Plymouth Argyle 3, Huddersfield Town 1. Two goals in two second-half minutes saw Plymouth Argyle beat Huddersfield in their first championship game in more than 13 years. Summer signing Morgan Whitaker gave the Pilgrims a dream start as he scored from close range, but Huddersfield got a deserved equaliser in first half stoppage time through Michael Hellick. Having seen the Terriers go close, Argyle weathered the storm as Ballymumba's superb individual goal gave Argyle the lead with 17 minutes remaining. If you do get to catch this online anywhere, I would really recommend watching it. It was a fantastic run from the recent signing from Norwich City. And soon after the result was put beyond doubt as Whitaker put Ryan Hardy through on goal and the Scots coolly finished for his 50th goal in a Plymouth shirt. Stoke City 4, Rotherham United 1. Key Yana Hoover's sumptuous volley, Andre Vindijal's brace in first half added time and Jacob Brown's late tap-in gave new-look Stoke City their biggest win on the opening day of the season for 20 years with victory over 10-man Rotherham. Midfielder Hoover launched his second lone spell at Stoke from Wolves in glorious fashion by firing Josh Laurent's left-wing cross beyond Victor Johansson via the crossbar. But the hosts struggled to match their dominance of possession and succession of corners with attempts on goal during the first 45 minutes. July signing Vigigal struck twice in six additional minutes, pouncing on Ben Wilmot's header and lashing in the rebound from a Johansson save to send Stoke on their way to victory on the opening day for only the second time in 14 years. Half-time substitute Lee Peltier poked in for Rotherham shortly after the restart to deny on-loan Bournemouth goalkeeper Mark Travers one of six players making their full debuts for Stoke a clean sheet. Swansea City won. Birmingham City won. Michael Duff claimed a point in his first game as Swansea boss as Jerry Yates denied Birmingham City an opening day away win. Duff's Swansea were heading for defeat after Birmingham's debutant Sariki Dembele took advantage of a defensive mistake to stroke the visitors in front just before half-time. John Eustace's men looked well-placed to claim victory as they smothered a Swansea side who lacked inspiration going forward at times. But a moment of attacking quality allowed Yates to mark his debut following a summer move from Blackpool with a simple finish. Ivan Sunjic was denied a late winner by superb Carl Rushworth save and Birmingham may feel more frustrated by the draw given that they created far better chances. Yet both Duff and Birmingham's John Eustace could take some satisfaction having each got off the mark in the 23-24 20, uh, campaign. My word. Another big one now. Watford 4, Queen's Park Rangers 0. Watford eased to a dominant win over sorry QBR in Valerian Ishmael's first cut championship game in charge of the Hornets. 
Tom Delibisharou slotted in to put the folks host ahead just after 33 seconds, and QPR were unable to contain their rampant opponents, who established a 4-0 half-time lead at Vicarage Road. Imran Loser was given space 25 yards out to curl in a low shot and double the lead in the 20th minute, with Matthias Martins guiding in a looping header and Vakun Bayo sliding home for the fourth two minutes before the break. It could have been worse for the visitors as Bayo almost made it 5-0 with a lob in first half stoppage time and Loser rattled the crossbar with a dipping effort on the hour mark. The second half was much quieter affair with the outcome beyond doubt, although Sinclair Armstrong and Lyndon Dykes both went close to pulling a goal back for QPR. On to the games that took place on Sunday now, and of course this features two of the recently relegated sides, and we'll start with one of them now. Leicester City 2, Coventry City 1. Leicester City midfielder Kiernan Dewsbury-Hall struck two late goals as the relegated Foxes began life back in the Championship by beating luckless Coventry. Last season's beaten Championship playoff finalists looked on course for a deserved three points when they led through Carl McFadden's 47th minute opener from a near post corner. The Gus Hamer-inspired Sky Blues also wasted good chances either side of the City skipper's strike. But Mark Robbins' men were made to pay when Dewsbury Hall levelled on 77 minutes before being fed by new signing Steffi Mavidi to curl home an 87th minute winner to earn victory for new Foxes boss Enzo Maresca in his first game in charge. And I think this seems appropriate now for our first interview of the night. And let's listen to another, or someone we haven't heard to, on the EFL review. No, of course, not Mark Robbins. We heard him plenty last year. Let's listen to new Leicester City boss, Enzo Maresca. Enzo, congratulations. How do you review your first game and first win as Leicester City manager? Yes, I think we had a very good first half in the way we want to play creating some chances to be honest I think first half we conceded just a few shots uh, and then we create chances to to be at least forward 1-0 and then second half uh, after one minus two minutes we concede and it's normal that we start to to lose a little bit of balance so we concede some counter-attack dangerous but at the end, I think, uh, you know, one nil down and then you want to one. The great effort from uh, the players. Uh, yeah, it's been a very good day. To come from behind, does that tell you everything about your team in terms of character, determination to, yeah. to come back? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I said since day one that uh, this, is, this will be our uh, season. Uh, today we face a team that uh, two months ago they were playing the final to get promoted. Very good team, good organize, good organization. So I'm very happy for the for the players. Logically, we have many, 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 many things to do to improve. But uh, in the way we won the game today, I really like because, as I said, one nil down, corner. That it's something that uh, you know in the last uh, few years you know better than me, and the team react very good. And yeah, this is uh, has been a good day. Keenan Jewsby always two goals. He's come through the academy as a Leicester fan. He scores two in the derby, but he's also probably going to be a really important player this season. Absolutely, absolutely. The only thing I asked to him since day one to arrive in the box because I said to him that uh, I was uh, watching, checking all his numbers in terms of assists and goals, and he can do much, much, much better. So today he starts with two goals. He did also some assists that uh, were very good. So yeah, happy for him and for Wilfred also that first half arrived there a few times. Dennis also arrived there. So this is, uh, in terms of idea, our attacking midfielder, they need to arrive in the box. It's the only way to score. A debut for Steffi Mavadidi and a first league start for Casey McAteer. How did you, you feel that those two played today? No, both, both very good, to be honest. Steffi, as we said, probably it's not uh, 100% uh, integrate in our idea because he only worked with us three four days and Maka is with us since day one he, he's young he's a good one uh, probably he need to he need to be a little bit more brave in situation 1v1 but uh, he has played a good game it is only game one but was there enough of what you're trying to implement on the the team evidence today did you see enough of that yeah I think first half to be honest I was very very happy in the way we play in the way we create chances. Then I said second half changed a little bit dynamic of the game because we concede after one minute. 
and change a little bit. As I said, we lose the balance. We start to be rush, you know, keep it calm. It's still 45, 50 minutes. I also understand the people that uh, they want sometimes, but it's our idea, it's what it is. It was your first experience of King Power Stadium. A win always helps, but what did you make of the atmosphere here? No, unbelievable, yeah, unbelievable. This, I told to the guys that uh, if we, we convince our fans to be every game at home in the way they were today, it's a plus for us. Leeds United 2, Cardiff City 2. Leeds United made a dramatic return to the championship as new manager Daniel Farker saw Carenzio Somerville's added time equaliser cap a fight back from 2-0 down to draw with Cardiff. The Bluebirds, also under the guidance of a new boss in Irol Bullet, had to withstand heavy Leeds pressure, but clinical counter-attacking goals by debutants Josh Bowler and E.K. Ugbu had given the visitors a convincing half-time lead. A towering header by Leeds captain Liam Cooper early in the second half fueled a resurgence from the dominant hosts, who missed several chances. Just as it looked like Cardiff would cling on for a memorable victory, Somerville finished superbly five minutes into Adidine to spark jubilant celebrations at Ellen Road. A point was the least Leeds deserved. The, t- the statistics told the story of their supremacy. 72% possession, 25 shots to Cardiff's 7 and 6 on target compared to their opponent's 2. And yet for all that, Bullet's side will feel crushed that their resolute defensive display and ruthless finishing on the break was not enough for the win. Both sides entered this season with a sense of fresh start, having been through summers of significant change in the transfer market as well as the dugout. Fark's first Leeds lineup featured only three players who began the club's final Premier League game in May, being uh, Liam Cooper, Luke Ayling and Pascal Stroik, after an off-season which featured more departures than arrivals. Of the three new faces to come in, only Ethan Ampadu, a £7 million acquisition from Chelsea, started this match, though there was a full debut for teenager Archie Gray, while Dan James was back on the left wing, having been on loan at Fulham last year. Bullock, meanwhile, handed first Cardiff appearances to four new signings, Bola, Ugbo, Dimitros Gutas and Carlin Grant, as well as a third Bluebirds debut for former Arsenal and Juventus midfielder Aaron Ramsey, following his return to his boyhood club. There was a pleasing flow to the match despite those changes, as Leeds looked to control possession and press their opponents, while Cardiff waited for opportunities to pounce on the break. Wilfred Nonto posed an early threat for Leeds, seeing one shot blocked and blasting another narrowly wide before Somerville was denied by a crunching tackle from Mark McGuinness. Cardiff were more clinical with their first chance as they took the lead midway through the first half. Left-back Calamo Downer countered into space and pulled the ball back to Bowler, whose first shot was blocked before a layoff from Ugbo allowed him to stroke a neat finish into the bottom corner. Leeds United continued to push forward, with Somerville combining with Nonto before seeing his curling shot saved well by Jack Anik, but less than two minutes later, the men in white fell further behind. Cardiff's second goal was again as much to do with Leeds' defensive vulnerability as it was their own cutting edge. Bowler combined with Ryan Wintle and found himself free on the right when he passed to Ramsey. The Wells captain's shot then took a deflection and bobbled across goal by Uka... E.K. Ugbo got in front of Ailing to slide in. If a two-goal deficit was a little harsh on Leeds, they were quick to halve it in the second half as Cooper rose highest to head in from Somerville's corner. That was Cooper's final involvement as he appeared to injure his knee in the process of scoring, joining opposition skipper and former glover Joe Rawls on the sideline after his first half withdrawal. The goal ignited Leeds and the Ellen Road crowd as the increasingly dominant home side pinned Cardiff back in their own half. Nonto continued to be a menace, darting into the penalty area and having a low shot helped onto the bar by Jack Anik, who was later at full stretch to deny James. Pressure from the host was relentless, and as the chances kept coming, Leeds eventually converted one of Somerville, struck with a low shot to break Cardiff's resistance. And with that, let's listen to a new manager in the dugboat, and it's going to be Leeds United boss, Daniel Farker. Well done. Um, and we'll reflect on... What ultimately would be a slightly disappointing outcome for you, would that be right? Yes, actually, when you uh, judge this game in an in a obvious way and also from the statistics, uh, normally it's a scandal that we didn't win this mm. uh, game. We had more than 70% possession. They had two shots on target, two goals, we had 25 shots. I think uh, corner statistic was 10 to 9 for us. Um, just one team was playing, was chasing the game, was more like a playoff. Um, uh, um, 
situation in, in nearly each and every minute. But in football, it's also about effectiveness. So we missed too many chances today. Um, the first goals, two goals, yeah, defended a bit sloppy anyhow, and they mm. were able to to use the chance effective. And then you have to keep going. Um, I think it's a it's an important point for us, for the confidence, for the spirit, for the unity, also for the table, but even more for the mentality, and also well-deserved point. Although normally with such such a, such a performance, you deserve all three. But if you equalize in the 91st minute, these are yeah why we all love this game that much. A great great <laughs> moment. Well, you say love this game. It was it was frustrating first half, wasn't it? And making those mistakes uh, that is difficult. But you must have been really pleased with the spirit, the way that the boys come back and kept the belief of playing, and that's how you want them to play. Yes, especially in the circumstances. So you come out of a uh, difficult season, more or less out of two difficult seasons, then a short pre-season, um, also many question marks and doubts in the, in, the, in the heads of the players. And then you go into the, this game on the front foot, create many chances, and out of nothing they score two goals. Then you feel sometimes a little bit, oh, it starts again. And even during the game we miss so many chances, also some tight uh, referee calls in terms of penalties against us. Then we score the first goal, have the momentum on our side in this moment. Uh, our, our skipper Liam Cooper mm -hmm. is injured. We had to play the next five minutes in underload. Big leader goes out, and afterwards we had more or less just a youth uh, team on the pitch, but a pretty strong youth side, I would say. <laughs> so I think uh, what I like a lot is that they kept their nerves and stayed yeah. calm and kept going. We had obviously today difficult situation because we didn't have a, a central striker who could also perhaps in the box had a ball in so if you would have started to put long balls in I think we wouldn't have equalized so to stay that cool and calm I think that was the key today. I think that was a difficulty because sometimes the boys got wide didn't they they looked up and rather than whipping it in you're going that extra pass mm. or two. Now I know you don't want to talk about <laughs> uh, Archie Gray I thought Ampadu was superb in there but Archie I think he handled the occasion fantastically well. Yeah, this young lad deserves all the credit. So uh, I'm, I'm always a bit, uh, bit careful. But we are just yeah. under us, and so today I can, can praise <laughs> him a little bit. I think, um, yeah, first game of the season, uh, sold out Allen Road, and, and first game uh, for him, and then to deliver such a mature performance is, is outstanding. Um, it was not perfect. He was there, even with slight mistakes sometimes in his passing, uh, positioning. But overall, a really, really good performance, and we can be all happy that we have such a player, and but also such a character. Um, but from tomorrow on, uh, we'll be strict again. So uh, don't uh, don't tell him what I uh, <laughs> we'll keep it quiet, said don't worry. Uh, today. So because from tomorrow on, he has to keep working because mm. we want to make out of him the best possible player that he can be. But I'll tell you what, he can be some player one day. There's your week ahead as well. That's right. No days off. Uh, so it's always difficult. But we don't complain. Um, it's more or less the nicest thing uh, that you can have uh, next game in our living room yet. At Ellen Road, already on, on Wednesday, we know three games within six days is always uh, always a bit tricky. But um, yeah, we don't complain. We take the situation as as it is, and uh, we want also to show a good performance in the cup, and also hopefully uh, to be there with a good result. And the final game to finish off the championship: Sunderland one, Ipswich Town two. Ipswich made a dream return to the championship after clinging on to record an eye-catching win at Ten Man Sunderland. Goals either side of half-time when, when from Nathan Broadhead, a former Sunderland loanee, and George Hurst saw the Tractor Boys continue the momentum, which saw them finish last season's League One campaign unbeaten in 19. Sunderland's youthful side looked good in the first half, and despite having Trey Hume sent off 18 minutes from time, they ensured a rousing finale, as Dan Neal clipped in a volley on 86 minutes and then hit the post 40 minutes into added time. Ipswich held on and are now unbeaten in their opening league fixture over the past 10 years. So, what does that mean for the table? I know it is a little early, but we take through it as uh, all the same. We'll focus on those that uh, have done particularly well. Watford sit top of the table with a goal difference of four and are therefore topping the table. Stoke in second position following their decent display against Rotherham. The, those currently in the playoff spots sit Plymouth, Ipswich, Southampton and Blackburn. I think we'd agree everyone who's currently in there would be delighted if that was the case come season's end. The three teams that performed poorest this weekend were QPR, Rotherham United and Huddersfield. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. 
Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. Okay, that's the championship all done and dusted. So let's turn our head, of course, to League One. And really, there is only one place we can truly start Barnsley 7. Port Vale, nil. Devante Cole scored a hat-trick as Barnsley started life under Neil Collins in sensational fashion, with the 7-0 thrashing of lacklustre Port Vale at Oakwell. Liam Kitching, John Russell and Andrew Dallas were also on target, while Dan Jones netted an own goal as last season's League One playoff finalists, now managed by Collins following Michael Duff's departure to Swansea, ran riot. The host broke the deadlock in the 23rd minute when debutant Corey O'Keefe intercepted a loose pass and swept a low ball across to Cole, who slotted home. Barnsley doubled their lead on the stroke of half-time when Jones turned into his own net. Cole, the son of former England and Manchester United striker Andy Cole, notched his second just two minutes after the break, this time latching onto Barry Cotter's cross and lashing home. The hat-trick was completed in the 53rd minute as his side countered. Cole went alone and struck with just enough power for the ball to roll into the net. Red skipper Kitching added a fifth on the hour mark, receiving the ball from Herbie Kane. The defender had time to control and calmly finish beyond Connor Ripley. Collins' side added a sixth sixth four minutes later as Russell headed in from Nicky Caden's free kick. Substitute Dallas grabbed a debut goal in the sixth minute of added time, diving to head home from Cotter's cross. Barnsley's win was the biggest opening day success in the EFL since Luton smashed a certain Yeovil Town 8-2 in August 2018, the first time a team has won by seven goals on the first weekend of a season since Wolves beat Manchester City 8-1 back in 1962. Not a great uh, record to have from a Yeovil perspective, but we move on. Blackpool 2, Burton Albion 0. Shane Lavery's first half brace gave Blackpool an opening two-day win, a 2-0 win over Burton. The opener came 19 minutes in as neat passing move eventually broke down, but when Aldi Morgan's pass rebounded off a defender's legs, it fell kindly for Lavery to fire home. Blackpool should have had a second moments later, but Morgan shot wide with an unmarked Lavery screaming for a pass to give him a simple tap-in. Lavery's second goal came from his harrying of Brewster centre-back Sam Hughes, who surrendered possession too easily. The striker showing great composure to lob stranded keeper Jamal Blackman. Burton posed precious little threat in the first half through Joe Powell, almost pulled one back in stoppage time, Dan Grimshaw palming his shot over. Lavery blew a chance to complete his hat-trick ten minutes after the break, skewing horribly wide. At the other end, Josh Gordon had Burton's best chance, but, but a deflection took his finish wide, and with little else to trouble them, Blackpool eased to a comfortable victory. Bolton Wanderers 3, Lincoln City 0. Comeback defender Jack Iredale scored his first goal for the club as Bolton recorded their best opening day win for 12 wins of years with a 3-0 League 1 success over Lincoln. Australian Iredale had not played for last season's playoff semi-finalists since injuring his knee at Barnsley on the 2nd of January. But the ex-Cambridge star needed only four minutes to make an impact, heading in Aaron Morley's corner. The Imps sought a quick response and Ben House fired a shot into the side netting. However, the Trotters were always in control and Randall Williams headed wide from debutant Josh Dacris Cogley's cross before the interval. Lincoln's set-piece frailty was evident again when Bolton doubled their lead after 58 minutes. This time, the unchallenged Victor Adebayejo headed in from Williams' corner. Bolton could not match their 4-0 win at QPR on the first day of the 2011-12 campaign, but they added a third goal 16 minutes from time as Lincoln's new skipper, Pordy O'Connor, turned across from George Thompson, the substitute's first touch of the game, into his own net. 
Cambridge United 2, Oxford United 0. Cambridge started their campaign with a 2-0 victory over Oxford. The hosts moved ahead after 15 minutes when Seku Janus' shot was spilled by goalkeeper James Beadle, allowing Jake Lancaster, or Jack Lancaster sorry, to fire home the rebound. Janna played a major role in Cambridge's second goal, 7-13 minutes later, producing an exhilarating run down the left touchline before providing a perfect cross which was nodded in from close range by debutant forward Gassanad Hardmi. The momentum could have been turned in the final seconds of the half when Josh McEachern played a short free kick to Cameron Brannigan, but his effort was offside, was outside the box sorry, and pushed away by Jack Stevens. Janna headed a James Brophy cross straight at Beadle, while at the other end, Brannigan's fierce shot went only narrowly wide on the hour. Stevens produced a big save 14 minutes from the end, keeping out a Stan Mills header from point-blank range to help Mark Bonner's side make it five years unbeaten on the opening day of the season. Let's listen to Cambridge United boss Mark Bonner. Mark, a 2 win here against Oxford. Just a great start to the season. Yeah, I thought we were very good and good value for the result. Actually, I thought we played played very well, particularly in that first 30 minutes. I thought the blueprint of the, the game was exactly what we want to look like as a team. Um, goals were excellent and we had a good defensive structure against a, a very, very good team who will do well this year. So, delighted with the outcome of the game. I thought in the second half we defended very well um, and and you know finished the game strongly with the changes that we made. So, a really, really pleasing afternoon, clean sheet, goals Brilliant crowd, brilliant attendance, great atmosphere, miserable weather, but a really exciting start for us and hopefully one we can build from. Yeah, it was actually quite a difficult first start to the game. Oxford been controlling a lot of the ball, but scoring those two goals quite quickly between each other just really sort of set the roof alight in this place. Yeah, I thought we were brilliant with the ball in the first half, first 30 minutes. Lots of periods where we smoothed the game out well and attacked well and sustained attacks well. Lots of things we've been working on over the past sort of six weeks. It's a new team, it's going to take time to develop, but we saw lots of good things out there today. Um, you play against a team like them, they won't have the same season as last year, no chance. They're a very, very strong side. So that's a result that will probably surprise a few people today, but one that we need to make sure isn't a one-off and one that we can really build on. How pleased are you to see the contribution of the new players in particular? Yeah, those that started all came on. I thought all made a really good difference. I think it's great for Jack. When you play your old team, it's always tough. So really pleased with him. I thought he kept a good goal. Uh, Danny played well. Um, his calf sort of popped on him and gave up, gave up on him a little bit of a cramp just towards the end. So Dunks come on and did a great job. I thought the boys that came on did ever so well. Um, loads of good stuff in that performance today and, and really exciting in our attacking play. Um, I thought Sakes was brilliant. I thought uh, Brofs gave us a real good threat. George Thomas gave us good control with the ball. Delighted with Jack to score um, and, and really pleased with Gassan's performance as well. I, I thought there was lots of good things in there and really pleased that those that didn't start came on and made an impact in the game. That's going to be big for us. Yeah, I mean, actually, looking at the bench before the game, it really strikes you how strong that bench is and it shows the sort of um, the recruitment that you've done this summer and why you've done it. Absolutely, yeah. We've got to get those boys up to speed quickly, physically, but also in our way of thinking and doing things. Um, but they're together, the group's together very, very quickly in a short period of time. We've got a group that are really fighting for each other. I think you saw that in lots of moments of the game. Um, and it's a good test for us today, but I thought we passed it brilliantly. And now we have to um, use Tuesday's game to get some minutes for others and, and go to Fleetwood next week and follow that with, a, with an equally good performance on the road. But that's the blueprint for what we need to try and do here. Winning games here is going to be important for us. Um, and we want everyone to come and enjoy it. And I love seeing the, the crowd as it was today and the atmosphere was great. And hopefully we can, um, we can back that up next time we're here. Carlisle United 1, Fleetwood Town 1. Newly promoted Carlisle started life back in League One with a one-all draw against Fleetwood. Owen Moxon opened the scoring for the Cumbrians with a 30-yard free kick, but it was cancelled out by Brendan Weirdo's strike just before half-time. Carlisle captain and former glover Paul Huntington went close to opening the scoring in the 29th minute, but his header from Moxon's floated free kick was cleared from danger by promise a mockery. Charlton Athletic 1, Lake Norian 0. Charlton got their campaign off to a winning start with a 1-0 win against newly promoted Leighton Orient. A first-half strike by captain George Dobson was enough for the South Londoners in their local derby. Alfie May was denied his first goal of the, for the hosts after just four minutes when Sol Brin stopped his effort. Orient held their own in the first half, although they had to wait until the half-hour mark for their first attempt, especially Maynard Brewer turned away a Theo Archibald effort. However, the hosts broke the deadlock a minute before first half injury time. Corey Blackett-Taylor found space on the left to cross the ball in low for Dobson to finish. 
Leighton Orient struggled for a breakthrough in the second half, although former Glover Tom James saw his effort after 57 minutes deflected over the crossbar. Tyrese Campbell just failed to control the ball enough to round Bryn after 72 minutes, while May saw his shot four minutes later flash over the bar. Substitute Panucci Kamara missed a sitter in stoppage time to double the Charlton lead, but the host held on for a narrow victory. Derby County 1, Wigan Athletic 2. Charlie White scored a brace as Wigan edged a 2-1 League One win at promotion favourites Derby as the new season got underway. White scored in either half, either side of Craig Forsyth equaliser for Derby early in the second half. The hosts created plenty of chances in the opening 30 minutes, but Sam Tickle made good saves from James Collins and Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. Sonny Bradley headed wide, but Wigan also had their moments with Callum Lang narrowly off target before Thilo Asgard fired just over from 20 yards. It got even better for Wigan in the 38th minute when Bradley's back pass sent White through to round Joe Wildsmith and score. Lang ran clear in the 45th minute but failed to beat Wildsmith and Latics were punished when Forsyth volleyed a superb 57th minute leveller from Joe Ward's cross. Forsyth was denied by Tickle in the 70th minute, but two minutes later, White headed in Tom Pierce's cross. Wigan, who started the season on minus eight points, held on through, the, through nine minutes of added time to claim an impressive win. Northampton nil, Stevenage won. Stevenage started their new League One campaign with a 1-0 victory at fellow promoted side Northampton. Borough's first ever win at Sixfields came courtesy of Carl Piergiani's scrappy late goal as Steve Evans's side began life in the third tier with three well-deserved points. Portsmouth won, Bristol Rovers won. A dramatic added time equaliser from debutant Kusinyi Yengi saw Portsmouth grab a draw against Bristol Rovers. Luke Thomas had put Rovers ahead in the first half and it appeared they were heading for an opening day victory in League One before Yengi's late strike. The enthusiastic welcome the players received was not matched by either side in the opening period, with constant downpours making the pitch extremely difficult to play on. Rovers forced the early pressure and took the lead in the 24th minute, a quick break saw Giovanni Brown go clear on the left, and a low cross fell to the feet of Thomas, who confidently drove home. Pompey produced two good efforts from Colby Bishop and Gavin White as they pressed for an equaliser. The second half saw the home side coming out all guns blazing, and the same pair again caused problems. White had a stunning strike pushed over by Matthew Cox within the first two minutes, followed quickly by a bishop header that missed the target. It appeared Rovers were going to hold on, but Yengi headed home the equaliser two minutes into added time. And for the first time this season, let's listen from Portsmouth boss John Massimo. John, an opening day draw, what did you make of that? Yeah, I thought the, the result was about right. Um... We, we were disappointed, I think, uh, to, to concede the goal in the first half in the manner that we did. And, and I didn't think we'd play particularly well up until we scored the goal. It sort of um, kicked us into gear a little bit, but we just didn't create enough, I think, going into half-time. And then I think the dynamic of the game changed in the second half. And uh, it just maybe seemed like the game was sort of ebbing away after a real good 15, 20-minute spell after half-time. So uh, under the circumstances... Uh, happy to obviously take the point, but I think overall we'll be really disappointed when we look back at the game and we'll see it as two points dropped. You handed four full debuts out, Will and Regan at the back and Gavin uh, Anthony Scully on the wings. What did you make of their performances? Yeah, I thought um, you know overall the, the new debutants were excellent. I thought there was a lot of pressure coming here at Fratton Park and, um, and having to sort of deliver straight away. Um, some were better than others, um, definitely, but there's plenty to work on. I think that's a real good message for us is that um, you know, we're far, you know, still by no means where we want to be, um, which is to be expected on the first day of the season, but the, the quicker we get there, the better. What did you say at the break to spark such a fierce reaction, as you said? I just thought we'd been really, really sloppy in the first uh, 15, 20 minutes. The, the passing was poor. I thought we were uh, reactive rather than proactive. We, we just allowed Bristol Rovers a bit too much space. We didn't lock on to their two midfielders. And um, yeah, it was a real shame, I thought, at half time that it had just taken the, the goal to, to go into spark us into action. Um, I then thought we needed to just improve the way that we were crossing the ball in particular. I thought we'd gotten some good crossing areas and um, I didn't think it was it was particularly good. Ironically, we scored from the cross. That was probably one of our better ones of the game. You can see when we do put good balls in the box and we've got that physical presence up front as well, we will be a real threat. 
And that response really rallied the fans. What did you make of the atmosphere at Fratton Park today? Oh, it was amazing. One thing I spoke about um, with you yesterday was just sticking with us when things don't go well. And oh, that was brilliant today uh, to see CS go 1-0 down. We had a response straight away and then second half kicking into the Fratton end. We went and went again and, and thankfully the, the fans stuck with us and we very, very nearly rewarded them with, with all three points. With that, I think that ball flashed across the goal towards the back end. So, um, of course, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of um, disappointment when we come away from, from the game. But, uh, yeah, overall, um, very, very pleased with, with the way that the, the boys stuck at it and the way the fans stuck at it as well. It's going to be really important for us today, uh, this, this season. We managed to eventually get that leveller in, in injury time. Cassini with his debut goal, how pleased are you for him? Yeah, really thrilled for him just to get off the mark for Cassini. That's, that's great. Um, great news him coming over, um, making such an impact early on. And yeah, that was the reason that we, we brought him over to, to really make um, impacts in, in big moments. And, and he did that. Uh, you know, even coming and playing out of position, one of, the, one of the things we wanted to do was get all three centre forwards on the pitch and just give ourselves the best possible chance of getting back in the game. Um, and he did it. I thought he was, um, I thought he was excellent. And um, yeah, hopefully we see quite a few more. And as for the rest of your subs, what did you make of their contribution? They, they all made a real impact. I thought Christian was man of the match uh, for me, so he came on and changed the game and I think everybody here appreciated the way that he played with, with passion and um, holding the ball up and, and really getting into the opposition. I thought it was a tough, tough customer to play against and if, if I'd look at any combination of, um, of centre-forwards that we have, I think it would be a, a quite difficult thing for, for centre-halves to have to deal with. So um, I thought he was I think he was excellent, I thought Jack Sparks made a good difference when he came on and I think his ball that was flashed across the box towards the end uh, when we had equalised that, that nearly gave us all three points um, it was was brilliant, he provided a lot of quality and, and Abu to come on at 19 and, and be as composed and, and as threatening as he was I thought was, was really pleasing. So Overall, um, you know, the message to the subs is you've got to come on and make an impact and, and take a chance, and they certainly did that today. Reading nil, Peterborough United won. Troubled Reading began life in League One with a dispiriting home defeat against Peterborough. The posh winner arrived shortly before the break through Ephraim Mason-Clark's looping header as the Royals played their first third-tier match in 21 years. Reading had enjoyed a torrid summer after relegation from the championship with numerous financial problems hampering the team's real be- rebuilding plans of new manager Ruben Sellers. But they enjoyed the better of the first half with debutant poshkeeper Nicholas Bilakapik forced into fine saves from Harvey Nibs and Kelvin Ehebritalmehan. Peterborough beaten playoff semi-finalists last season took a while to warm up. New posh skipper Mason Clark saw a fierce drive superbly tipped over by Reading keeper Dane Bazunis, and he nodded home in the 43rd minute from a precise Kwame Poku cross. Mason Clark departed soon after the interval due to injury, with replacement Ricky J. Jones' angled effort denied by Buzanis at his near post. Reading pushed energetically for an equaliser late on, but Peterborough held firm to complete a hard-earned win. Shrewsbury Town 1, Cheltenham Town 0. Ryan Bowman's second half strike was enough to earn Shrewsbury a 1-0 win over Cheltenham and give new boss Matty Taylor the perfect start. The Shrew skipper pounced in the 50th minute after Luke Southwood had to dive at full stretch to parry Ben Williams' header towards his own goal following Jordan Shipley's cross. And finally, Wickham Wanderers 0, Exeter City 3. Two goals inside the opening five minutes helped Exeter to a 3-0 victory over a lacklustre Wickham at Adams Park. Debutant Jack Ainchinson and Captain Will Ameson both bagged early goals before the visitors had a Sam Nombi penalty saved after just ten minutes. The opening left Wickham stunned as they were unable to fight back, with substitute James Scott scoring for the visitors seven minutes from time. Ainchinson was one of 13 debutants across both sides and made the perfect start since joining from Motherwell, scoring after just 24 seconds. A goalmouth scramble from a corner three minutes later then saw Ameson tuck home to double the lead. Nombe could have made it three from the spot after Dimitri Mitchell was felled by Max Stierjak, but the Wickham keeper saved superbly. Wickham rung the changes and second-half penalty appeals waved away after substitute Josh Scowen had barged ear over in the box but failed to muster a single clear-cut chance and Scott's late goal saw Exeter seal victory. So, we'll have a quick look at the table here. Unsurprisingly, it's topped by one team in the form of Barnsley, with an impressive goal difference of seven following their 7-0 demolition of Port Vale. Also joining them in the automatic promotion spots is Exeter, although Bolton easily could have been there too. The other teams rounding out the playoffs at the moment are Blackpool, Cambridge and Peterborough. At the bottom, we have four clubs who are 
varying levels of uh, disappointing. Of course, on minus five, although did pick up a, a very impressive win against Derby, sit Wigan Athletic. 23rd, who did far less impressively, were Port Vale. And also the other two teams with a minus three goal difference and taking up 21st and 22nd place are Lincoln City and Wickham Wanderers. Set up with Boring Radio? Oh, yeah. Then Three Valleys Radio has to be their station for you. They play a really good mix between, like, the modern tunes and, like, all the old stuff and stuff, so it's really great to listen to. You get a good mix, and, like, the presenters are really awesome. Yeah, and, like, hardly any adverts, which is fab. So we've got just enough time to take a look at League Two, and I think there is only one place that seems most appropriate to start. Wrexham 3, MK Dons 5. Wrexham's first game back in the EFL after a 15-year absence ended in disappointment as MK Dons secured an impressive away win. Eugen O'Connell's own goal and Mo Isa gave Dons a two-goal early lead early on from Jacob Mendy replying. Jonathan Lako's second-half brace put MK Dons firmly in control before Jordan Davis grabbed a late Wrexham second. Daniel Harvey scored a fifth for MK Dons in stoppage time before Anthony Ford got a third for the hosts. It was a first win for Graham Alexander as MK Dons bossed up for a packed sto- uh, race course, including co-owners Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney and guest Hugh Jackman. It was a disappointing afternoon. This was the first time since the 07-08 League Two season that the sides had even met, a campaign in which MK Dons had won the title and Wrexham suffered relegation. So... Our first interview probably ever on the EFL Review from Wrexham now. We'll listen to boss Phil Parkinson. Phil, defeat tonight, EFL return. Your assessment of the game? Um, yeah, I think we were frantic at the start. We played it as if it was a World Cup final um, and we didn't sell. And I was disappointed in that because we've had a lot of big games here and you know, the... It's important that you get the arousal levels just right where you're up for the game, but you're in control and you make good decisions. And, and we kind of gave a good team a two-goal start, um, give a cheap free kick away, got punished for, uh, and the second goal. So, yeah, but still looked like we could get back in the game. We, you know, The minute we started linking a few passes together, we looked dangerous, got back in it. Um, but if we're honest in all departments of the game, we were a long way off it today. Now that doesn't mean we're a long way off it in terms of the players are not up to this level because we've got the team as all players all played at the high level. But on today's performance, for many reasons in all aspects of the game, we were below the standards you need to be to win games at this high level. But still, like you mentioned before, going 2-0 down and then uh, conceding gain late in the second half, we still had that resilience and that attitude to go and get back into the game, but it was just a little bit too late in there, wasn't it? Yeah, listen, the lads never stopped trying to do the right things. It was just a patchy performance in terms of the, the quality um, and, and obviously the, the defensive side of the game. So, listen, it's one to review, but not get too down uh, as, a, as a group because, um, yeah, we just looked like our decision-making in all areas, off the ball and on the ball, was a long way off where it needs to be. Um, but we've had a lot of praise and a lot of expectancy on us. And, you know, today's a day where we kind of like, yeah, OK, let's reality check time and uh, come back in ready to work on Monday morning. Despite all that, still scored three goals and three well-taken goals as well. Yeah, we, we looked like we could score today. And despite being a long way off how I know we can play, we, we had chances that a few of the moments where I felt we should have made the goalkeeper work at the very least. We, we blazed things over the bar. Um, but that's the difference in levels. You know, they got chances and they were absolutely clinical when, they, when the moments came for them. Um, but yeah, you go up a level and you've got to be better in all, all departments. And um, you know, we were we were short today, um, and we've got to accept that. Um, but you know, I can't wait to get back in Monday morning and uh, have a great week in terms of the Wigan game and look forward to next Saturday's game. One of the goal scorers, Jordan Davis, a great personal moment for him being an academy graduate with the club, scoring on his Football League debut, especially after a long layoff last year with injury. Yeah, Jordy had a tough time last year, um, a lot of injuries set him back, um, but what a, that was a typical Jordan Davis goal. And then Jake Bickerstaff as well, a young player, another person like Jordan Davis, through the Abraxham Academy, and they did really well when he came off the bench. Yeah, I thought Bickers did well. He's, he didn't come to America with us. Um, but he's trained well, played a couple of games, got goals, and uh, yeah, good. To play. 
And again, great to be back out there at the Stoke High Rass as well. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't the the uh, the, the day we we wanted. Um, but sometimes, you know, ourselves and Notts County as well, who, who've had a defeat today, you, you come into the league and everyone's talking about, you know, ourselves going to be favourites. And um, sometimes you need a day like this, like a reality check, um, to to reassess things. Um, and we will do that. And uh, like I said, I'm really looking forward to getting back in Monday. You mentioned the word reality check there. There's no better way to then get back into the action and swing things again with a game on Tuesday night in the Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think with that game, that the players who didn't play today need minutes because we've lacked minutes in pre-season, as everybody knows, for, for, for different, different reasons. And, you know, we need to utilise that game to get all this squad, um, you know, up to speed, you know, and if you look at the lads today, they we look like a team who needed the game. And uh, Tuesday will be there will be a lot of changes, and it's not disrespecting the tournament at all. It's just because of the pre-season we've had, we've always had this game in mind as a game where players need some minutes, and we'll be definitely doing that. Accrington Stanley 3, Newport County 0. Accrington Stanley eased to an opening day victory in a control performance against visiting Newport. Jack Nolan had already stung the hands of Nick Townsend before beating the Exiles keeper from close range after a chip through by Tommy Lee. Sean Wally doubled the lead from a Seb Quirk cross before Karedi Adedoyen struck a third in time added on. There was still time for Will Evans to hit the post, but it would have only been a small consolation for Newport. Colchester United and Swindon Town was actually postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Crawley Town 1, Bradford City 0. 10-man Bradford suffered a blow in their opening match of the new season and a first-half strike from Will Wright condemned them to defeat at Crawley. Bradford, who were beaten in the League 2 playoff semi-finalists last season, have now won only one of their eight visits to Broadfield after failing to recover from Wright's early effort and the 41st dismissal of Don Dan Oyagoke. Crew 2, Mansfield Town 2. Crew fought back from two goals down to frustrate promotion hopefuls Mansfield, who, down to ten men, had to settle for a draw at Gresty Road. Stags defender Callum McDonald's 59th minute sending off slowed down Mansfield's momentum after two first-half strikes from Davis Keeler Dunn had put them in charge. Mickey Dimitru hit back for Crew before the break and immediately after McDonald's dismissal, Rio Adebisi levelled the game. Doncaster Rovers nil, Harrogate Town 1. Jack Muldoon's second-half penalty got Harrogate Town off to the perfect start as they triumphed in the Yorkshire Derby at Doncaster Rovers. Muldoon confidently fired home in the 66th minute after Joseph Alowu was adjudged to have brought down Abraham Oddo in the box. Harrogate had the better chances throughout against a Doncaster side of which plenty is expected this season. Forest Green Rovers nil, Salford City 2. Last season's League 2 playoff semi-finalist Salford made a winning start to the campaign as they beat recently relegated Forest Green at the Bolt New Lawn. O'Connor McElhenney's strike and late substitute Matt Smith's header were enough for all three points against opponents who had not lost an opening day since 2016. Forest Green should have taken the lead though through Tyrese Omotoye, but his header from Charlie McCann's cross went over the top on 12 minutes. Grimsby nil, AFC Wimbledon nil. Graves, Grimsby and AFC Wimbledon st- shared the points in their curtain raiser at Blundell Park. Very little happened there, apart from Mariners goalkeeper Jake Eastwood was the hero as he saved a second-half penalty from Ali Al-Hamadi on debut to earn a point. Morecambe 2, Walsall 1. An injury-time goal from Farrant Rawson gave Morecambe a 2-1 opening day win over Walsall at the Mazuma. The central defender was in the right place to bundle the ball home from close range after a goalmouth scramble to give the Shrimps victory. After an even start, Adam Mayer gave Morecambe the lead in the 25th minute with a fine finish after a flowing move. JJ McKeeran and Eli King combined well in midfield and played the ball into the left-hand side of the area for Mayer to drill the ball past Owen Evans from 12 yards out. The visitors levelled after 38 minutes with a goal that came from nowhere. Ryan Sturt cleared the ball from inside his own half, which caught out Morecambe defence, and Daniel Johnson produced a neat finish to beat the on-rushing Stuart Moore. Walsall had the better of the second half, with Johnson hitting the inside of the post from the right-hand side of the box, and substitute Douglas Taylor heading over from a good position before Rawson produced the late winner. 
Stockport County nil, Gillingham one. Pre-Bookie's favourite Stockport County have lost to a substitute Robbie McKenzie firing home late on to hand Gillingham a hard-earned 1-0 victory at Stockport. McKenzie hammered home from close range in the 86th minute after a cross from Che Alexander wasn't cleared to settle the opening day match. The Jills almost struck after 25 minutes when Tom Nichols darted in to meet Dom Jeffries's cross only to volley inches past the upright. That appeared to spark the hosts into life, and new boy Louis Barry saw an effort deflected narrowly wide. As half-time approached, Stockport went close when Corley Southern Hales' bullet header was superbly beaten back by Jill's goalkeeper Jake Turner. In added time, Stockport's Ryan Rydell volleyed just over the crossbar. Stockport debutant for Nick Powell forced Turner into a fine stop soon after the restart, and Anthony Sarsevich then fired a 20-yard strike just past the post. With 11 minutes left, Stockport's Kyle Noyle crashed an angled shot against the crossbar. At the other end, Ben Hinchcliffe brilliantly saved Scott Malone's side-footed shot before Mackenzie went on to snatch the three points from the Jills with time running out. Tranmere Rovers 1, Barrow 2. Barrow began the new season in style with an impressive 2-1 win over Tranmere at Prenton Park. A freak goal from Neil Canavan and a wonder strike from Kean Spence were the difference as Pete Wilde's side got off to the ideal start in treacherous conditions on Merseyside. Tranmere looked more threatening in an end-to-end first half as Josh Hawkes forced Barrow goalkeeper Paul Farman into action with a fierce shot from the edge of the box after just eight minutes. But it was the visitors who took the lead after 19 minutes when Spence's speculative effort was unwittingly deflected home by Canavan in front of a delirious travelling support. The home side should have been level in the 24th minute when the ever-dangerous Hawks pounced on a poor back pass, only to be denied by Farman, who came out to narrow the angle. With half an hour remaining, though, Rovers were handed a lifeline when Harvey Saunders was upended in the box and Hawks stepped up to calmly convert the penalty. However, with the home side looking the more likely to go on and take all three points, Spence blasted Barrow back into the lead in the 70th minute with a stunning effort from the edge of the area. And finally, Sutton United 5, Notts County 1. Notts County suffered a chastening return to the EFL with a 5-1 drubbing at Sutton United. The visitors conceded twice and had old goalkeeper Aidan Stone sent off inside the first quarter of the game. Sutton struck the first goal of the League Two season as Joe Kizzy headed in former Magpie Rob Milson's corner at the far post and County's afternoon got worse as Scott Cashkit pounced on a poor back pass and was brought down by Stone who was immediately sent off by referee Sam Perkis. Milson's free kick went just wide but substitute goalkeeper Sam Slocum was soon picking the ball out of his net as former glover Amari Patrick rifled a shot home from Josh Coley's pass. The U's might have had a third when Kashkit's looping header hit the bar. Hopes of a county comeback in the second half lasted only five minutes, as Coley's superb, uh, superb cross was powered home by Patrick's header at the far post, and as Sutton continued to boss the game, former Glover Craig Eastman's low shot hit a post. Jack Rose made one good save from Macaulay Longstaff, but the punishment for uh, Notts County was relentless, as Harry Butyman made it 4-0 from Aidan O'Brien's pass. County pulled one back when David McGoldrick scored from Langstaff's pass, but any prospect of a nervy end for Sutton fans was ended when Harry Smith's header from Kizzy's cross went in. So... Let's take a look very quickly at the League 2 table. Well, that final match that we've just gone through leaves Sutton United top of the table with three points and a goal difference of four. Accrington sitting in second following their impressive away uh, home win against Newport. The other final team in the automatic promotion spots was MK Dons following their win at Wrexham. The three team, or the four teams, sorry, in the playoffs sit Salford, Barrow, Morecambe and Gillingham. At the bottom end, only two teams you can really say had a particularly poor uh, event this weekend. They were Newport County and Notts County. So, 
that brings us to the end of this week's EFL review. It's good to be back. I really hope you've been excited for the return of the EFL season just as much as I have. We'll be back on Friday to take a look at all the important fixtures going into next weekend and having a very quick look at the first round of the Carabao Cup, which is taking place across Tuesday and Wednesday this week. I personally am going to be at Huddersfield Town versus Middlesbrough. Do let me know if you're going to be attending any of the games as well. But until then, have a lovely week. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.